Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Sibling Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a sibling to someone with special needs. I'm your host, Charlene, and today we have Natalie as our guest. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Charlene. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for being here. Uh, of course. Yeah. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah. it's. I always love meeting new sibs and just like, it's so fun. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll hop into it. Uh, can you please lay out your family structure and who in your family has a disability and what disability they have? Sure. So I am an older sibling to a younger sister. Her name is Angie. She, Her and I are about 18 months apart and she is about to turn 30 this November. And it is me, her, and my mom. And I also share guardianship as a co-guardian with my mom for my sister as well. That's I like the coincidence are so funny because my sister's name is Angela, but when she was little, we called her Angie. Now we just go Ange because I think we yep. all got lazy with the two syllables. But yeah, it's funny when they're they're also around the same age. So it's it's just yeah yeah it's so funny like it's that's it's so just cute like coincidence. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's cool. I was like, I wonder if and they would be an... friends like in real life. <laughs> are, are you an older or younger sibling? I'm older by about you're yeah, older. And, okay, and we're older like we're like two years apart, but our birthdays are in the same month. Oh, that's so funny. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's, great. Yeah. And then my husband's birthday is also in that month. And my aunt, like, it's just that month is just birthday palooza every year. It's just Everybody. lots of cake, lots of dinner. Yeah. I mean, when we were little, we actually had like multiple cakes and everything. Now we just do like one dinner. It's just like a big, you know, everyone's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But when you're yeah. little, it's fun to have your own cake with your own like name and like and all that. Yep. Yes. Exactly. I can't even imagine. I'm sure. Does your sister still like her own cake or is she pretty good with sharing? She doesn't like sharing as a general statement when it comes to food. She's very yeah. territorial <laughs> on her like her plate is her sister. plate. Like she gets pretty upset uh-huh. if anyone intervenes with her with her meals. Angie, my sister Angie is like that too. Some days she wants us to call her Angela. Some days it's Angie. It just it depends on her mood for the day. It's fine. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. yeah, our yeah for Angela, she when we talk about her like in the third person, like we're doing now, that I'll use her full name. But when I talk to her, I just say Ange, like to her. So it's yeah. it's interesting how like and it's evolved. Yeah, because Angie used to be how we would call her like all the time. So it's it's. Yeah. I wonder, like, oh, who knows? No one knows. But, like... That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, for your sister, she more, like... Um, well, I guess if you could describe, kind of, like, if you want, like, any fun stuff about her personality, or kind of, like, not the type of autism, I the word is escaping me, but it's kind of just, like, a general kind of description of where she's at, kind of, on the spectrum and stuff like that. Sure. So, she also has two other diagnoses. She has Carrie One Malformation and Landau Kleffner which impairs her expressive speech. So okay. she was nonverbal till she was about nine. Now, today, she's pretty independent when it comes to life skills, like doing her own laundry, meal okay. prepping. She's about, I, I would say she's very independent meal prepping. It just depends if something needs to be over the stove. Like she knows how to make tea, but she's uncomfortable oh, okay. right now boiling pasta. Like there's just certain things that we're working yeah. on, you know? Okay. Um, she loves self-care. She does her own hair. She does her own makeup. But a lot of it has been that I've worked with her for so many years to get yeah. to the point where she's very um, 
and I don't, I don't like to say necessarily independent all the time because I just feel that it's because of adaptations for her that yes. she's able to do things like on her, on her own with repetition and with adaptations. Yeah. And we found what works for her, you know, every exactly. adult with autism is different. Yeah. It's kind of like she's become proficient in the sense like she can do it yes. and like if she's proficient and like that's fine like right and if you're there if like right. she needs you to, and if she doesn't then like that's also fine like they're like it goes both ways yeah. yeah yeah like in the beginning I would I would probably say three years ago before she got her phone she was very much into um, a daily planner so her her and I would sit down every single Sunday plan out oh. for a week like okay this day you know it would be nice to help with this chore in the house while I do this or yeah. on Sundays like she looks at Pinterest and figures out what breakfast lunch and dinner she wants for the week like those are just skills that we've worked on for so many years yeah with like a daily planner but now that she has a phone now I've had <laughs> to teach her how to use it digitally and she now we have a family calendar between me my mom and my sister okay and she likes to put things like angie will take coffee in the secret and mug to work and that goes on my calendar i'm like you know what whatever <laughs> like i don't need it on my calendar but we're just we're just gonna accept it what it is yeah um, so she's she's so fun and she loves like the whole self-care she loves getting her nails her eyebrows her hair like yeah. she loves to be all done That's up. so fun um but she hates makeup when it's really hot because she doesn't want to get sweaty. Like, she hates the oh, feeling. Oh, sure. I feel like regular of... people. Like, I don't like that We feeling. all do. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, that's just, right. that's we all just normal. We don't like it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, she has a job. She has a job at a therapy center, an ABA therapy center. Okay. Where she, like, reads books to the kids. And she helps with um, tidying up the office. And okay. uh, birthday celebrations. So she's really come so far since she was younger I feel like yeah. the people that see her now don't believe me when I share stories about when she was little when she was very aggressive oh, and so, very yeah oh so nonverbal, aggressive like yeah. very uh low attention social skills were yeah very minimal like she would have sensory overload in place <laughs> like yes she would yes. have sensory overload in a grocery store but last year i took her to an edm concert and she didn't yeah. stop dancing the whole time oh no my like... sister exactly the same thing well okay not 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 from the edm concert thing but though no, she's very much in that realm where like we yeah, yeah. Like going even if we're on the street like certain streets right where they're like you know it's like high mm -hmm. traffic whatever she would like start to get agitated and stuff and so that was hard so we, we just had like earphones and earplugs everywhere but yeah, we went, yeah. Now go to like we went to like amusement parks, like big ones, and she's like, she's just like dilly dallying. Music's not bothering her, and she, I'm like, I don't. Who are you? Yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. Yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, I think a lot of it has to do with. I feel the biggest transformation in Angie's life is when she started understanding herself more. Not when we were trying to understand her, but oh, interesting. We had a team that pretty much helped her understand herself. Like we had behavior, we had OT, we had speech, the, the works, you know, yeah. I, like every, you know, everybody, on every the planet family that you could have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Every, yeah. everybody. But what was cool about um, the team when she started transitioning from high school to adulthood, that's when I saw the biggest transformation because not that we stopped worrying about like academic goals or, mm -hmm. or stuff like that, but we started focusing a little bit more on her lifestyle 
and extracurricular activities and hobbies. And I feel like that's when we saw a majority of the difference with her is when she started exploring the creativity within herself and she was able to process things a lot better years later. Like that's, that's my biggest aha moment with Mm -hmm. going into like early childhood. Because if you think of early childhood, when we were siblings, all we saw was like intensive therapy every day, nonstop school, intensive therapy, nonstop. And then same thing with elementary, same thing with middle high school. You start getting into like a little bit more life skills. Yes. But you also get more into hobbies. Like hobbies are more integrated into your day to day. Yeah, there's more like fun stuff versus like, oh, you Mm -hmm. have to do this because for your therapy purposes, you need to like bounce this ball versus like, no, like you can just try this sport just for the purposes of like trying new things. Yeah, it's not mandated as part of a program that then is facilitated by a person coming in and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And, and when I owned a the- pediatric therapy center in Florida a few years ago, mm-hmm. I had parents telling me, you know, I want to come five days a week. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> not that I don't want to see you for five days a week, but I'm like, if, if, because they would look at Angie, like the inspiration, like we want to, oh. we want to get to where to you where and she's Angie at. are. Yeah. And I said, then cut back the intensive side of therapy and let them explore who they are as a person. So through art, through music, I had this one kid that he would um, he would tap on the desk all the time and the yeah. therapists were like, oh, we have to do a behavior reinforcement like, chart. <laughs> this is a stim. I'm like, yeah. he's drumming on the desk. So I told mm-hmm. mom, please, two days a week, one day a week, take him to drum lessons. And the kid's like a prodigy. Like yeah. the, the kid is in his elementary band right now. That's how great he is. So, and I, and I see this involvement, not just in Angie, but other kids with special needs that I work with. And it's like, you have to let them explore themselves as a person, regardless of the diagnosis, regardless Mm -hmm. of all the intensive therapy, everybody's going to tell you to do. I am so like, looking where Angie is today, I'm just so against the five days, six days a week intensive therapy. And I'm more about like the holistic approach of like, letting them explore who they are as a person. Yeah. That's and just I mean, my number one. Yeah. And it makes so much sense, especially like nowadays. It's, it was so different when they got diagnosed. It's like the world yeah. was different. The internet, like something's like, wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and at yeah. that time, it, yeah. And then even the therapies that existed at that time, that was even like, you know, you would only go see people that have been doing it for like, you know, more than five years. Cause anyone that was under that was like, yeah, like you, you can't, you just, it was so risky, but now it's just, it's so different with so many things and like yeah and it's so interesting now that like us as siblings like we're all kind of like old enough now where we can like run our own businesses and like you know like we've gone to school like i don't yeah it's it's so interesting like the insight that as siblings we have to give to other families who like didn't have that at the time when like our siblings were younger and diagnosed just because it was so different even before that well, and it's yeah. funny, too, because I have parents all the time try to relate to siblings. They're like, yeah, it's just like a sibling. I'm like, but it's not <laughs> because <laughs> it's not. And I'm sorry. But like, it's yeah. you, we were we lived with it all through our childhood. We're yeah. adults. Parents different. did not. It's so different. Yeah, so it's as a like, child, yeah. Yeah. As a child, you experience things like my parents not paying as much attention to me. And yeah, yeah those are things that as an adult, like you appreciate. But when you're little, you don't understand that. Well, and you're it, like, it, yeah. You know, so it's really interesting when I talk to parents all the time, like they're really trying to grasp the concept of like, 
how do I help the siblings? I'm like, the first thing you have to do is do not relate your story to theirs because it's <laughs> completely different. <laughs> like it, it just is, you know? Yeah, it's so, yeah, there's, there's so many things that like we could talk about, which like, I mean, we're all talking about a variety of things, but is there anything that you want to bring up that you would like to talk about? Like that's on the podcast. You know, something that's pretty relevant to me right now is being Angie, obviously being Angie's sibling is dating. Um, I have, I have a serious, Angie's wearing me call. Um, I have (laughs) a boyfriend and he is fantastic. But before I came into his life, he had absolutely no experience with autism. None. In any form. In any form. Yeah. Nope. No autistic kids in school. No. And I mean, he's none. He's 14 years older than me. So like even how he grew up in school is a little bit different. different. I think special education was very different. Yeah. So, but having to explain, and you're married. So yes. you understand this, yes, but having yes. to explain the <laughs> responsibilities that not that you have to have as a sibling, but that you want to have, like yeah. what you're involved, what you would like your involvement to be. Yep. There's no one talking about this. Like, no. hey, how do you have a conversation with your significant other or but, your, oh, yeah. your no one partner? Knows. Nobody does. On- <laughs> on preparing to caretake. Like we, we have all these resources. Like when you have a kid, here's how you save up for their college or, but what about the resources of, if you're a sibling, how do you prepare financially and lifestyle wise to care for your sibling? Yeah. There's nothing. How do you have that conversation? Right. And it's so funny because I think probably within the last, I went, I went to a bookstore like in the last couple of weeks and it's just like, there's there's books on like how you raise cats and dogs right and it's like and it's like (laughs) but but you and and it's like no one knows how to have this conversation and it's so interesting because i'm thinking back of when when we were dating because we started to date around the time that my parents were applying for a conservatorship and then i was like part of that Mm. process right and so clearly like you're gonna talk about just because like it's just it's happening in real time so you can't avoid it and it's it's funny yeah. because it's like for me, and I don't know whatever I don't know what your experiences or even other people's, but it's like I knew that I was like, I had to be upfront with it. Like I can't avoid this. I'm not gonna no. like put beat around the bush. Like I'm just like I'm gonna come out of the gate and be like, this is what's happening. This is what your life is gonna be like. So if we're gonna get married, like by the way, this is just what's gonna happen, right? And it's very yeah. just like all on the table because you you can't. It's not like. Oh, you know, by the way, I have this like weird habit of doing these things when I watch movies. It's, like, it's not a small, minuscule thing. This is like life altering. Like it yeah. affects so much. Yeah. Yeah. And and my boyfriend even has two kids of his own. So mm-hmm. you're talking two kids plus a sibling. Plus, yeah. And it's hard because it's like, okay, you know, we take care of the girls on, you know, the co parenting schedule. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I kind of have that with my mom too like I, so i'm balancing both right now and i don't even have a biologically my own child yeah. so i'm like that's so hard like that's already different. yeah yeah it, it it's it feels lonely it feels like yeah. i can't talk to somebody that understands it like yeah. i can talk to another sibling but a lot of the times like they're adults with siblings like they take over 
the guard, like no one teaches us the guardianship process. Like I just learned about guardianship because I was like, here's your option. I'm like, oh, okay. But then you start thinking in your head financially, like you start thinking of, you know, what type of job am I going to have that's flexible? Because this, this Mm -hmm. is my life as a caretaker. You, we've been caretakers since we were younger. And that's what parents don't understand. Parents start to become the caretaker when they become a parent, but a sibling is a caretaker from the moment they hear their sibling's diagnosis. Yeah. Or even when you notice their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole life. So, you know, I think there's a lot of the gap that we have is a lot of opportunity for siblings to step up and talk about these things. And I'm really excited to connect to other siblings like you, because to be honest, it, it feels lonely. Like I get people all the time Mm -hmm. saying it's your sister's not your responsibility. I'm like, if I hear that one more time, yeah, I was like, like, I don't, we're not, I'm going to a smash room. I'm going to a smash room. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to break shit because yeah, I'm like, oh, stop 100%. saying that. It's, oh, I already feel it. Like, I, I haven't heard that in a long time for, I hear it all to me, but I, like, I, once you said it, I already, my whole, my whole body's like not, it's ready to destroy things already. Like, well, be, because you grow yeah. up as a fighter, you grow up. Yeah. I just made a reel about it today. Oh I'm yeah. Like, you, you grow up as a fighter, you grow up as an advocate and you're, and I tell, I kind of, I made the real actually that said, um, if you're dating an autism sibling, like things you should know. And one of them, I said, do not try to change them being a caretaker. That is who their identity (laughs) is. Like that's their identity since they were young. Don't try to change that. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it gives us such beauty into things. Like I feel that mm-hmm. autism siblings and relationships, they're very about unconditional love. They're very about yes. understanding. We will yep. overanalyze every situation. Because- 200%. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yeah. Every day <laughs> yeah. of my life, every minute for that matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But it's because that's how our minds have processed things since we were younger, because we saw our parents trying to figure out the pieces for our siblings. They weren't yeah. able to communicate or or they were having sensory overload and we were trying to figure it out and siblings have been wired (laughs) to think that way and to feel that way yeah so you know there's just I it's my goal to advocate you know I'm as an autism home specialist like it is my goal to educate not just by the real same design of homes but by Mm -hmm. the lifestyle inside of it like mm. what conversations yeah. should you be having with siblings what conversations should you be having with a spouse what yeah um you know I'm actually giving a prison a presentation this fall specifically on special needs siblings and what topics on each life stage should be discussed oh, and what parents should consider yeah. yeah so I'm breaking down the life stages and, and focusing on that. And as an adult, like my biggest thing right now is the, is the dating and the financial and the financials. Yeah. Um, there's a great network that I've connected to called special abilities network. They're actually financial planners that specialize in special needs families. Okay. And they teach you so much as far as like trust and all, and all these things, but it's, it's overwhelming. It feels really lonely. Yeah. And even when we get into like the parent group, we still feel <sighs> out of place. It's, it's yeah, it, it's cause like, yeah, it's, it's so hard. Cause like, I can't even describe it, but I can feel all, all of these things. Right. Cause it's like, and, and that's, what's so hard when 
I talk to parents sometimes. This is not every parent, but there's just a large majority that's kind of like, I understand what you're trying to say to me, and that's fine, but, like, you know, that's not what I need to hear right now, right? Like, I understand your life is hard, and that's fine, and that's valid, but, like, you... I can't do the, like, kind of what you're saying, right? Like, I don't need to hear your version. And I also don't, I also don't need to hear that my life is easier than yours. I don't need to hear that you're like, oh, you're so proud of your kids, but like your life is hard. I'm like, no, like their life is just as hard as yours in a different capacity that you don't understand, but you can't, you can't mitigate that your life is better because we exist in it, right? Like our life is hard because of you and our siblings, right? Yeah. Your life is hard because of them and maybe not us, but like that that parent-child dynamic, the other difference, like in addition to kind of what we're talking about, right, is like they become a parent like when they become parents, right? When you have your child, whatever. And we're parents forever, but like it's also this thing where not only are we parents, but like if if my parents or other, you know, siblings' parents decide to interact with them in a way that treats them like adults when they're five, that's going to affect, like, how they show up as adults, and that's not healthy, right? Like, there's more bad consequences than good at that point, and you get all these, like, oh, you're so mature for your age, or oh, like, you're such an adult, like, like, I'm so, that's the thing I get all the time, like, oh, you're so mature for your age, and I'm like, I don't, I'm better about it now. I went through a very large phase where I'm like, that is the last thing I ever want to hear you say. Because it's, it it makes, it puts me in this bar, bubble, in this box of like, then what am I? Am I, do I not matter as me? Right? Because you're just saying, oh, you're so grown up. Like, go be an adult. Like, well, no, I don't want to be an adult. I've been an adult my whole life. Right? I've looked yeah. after my sister. I've like, the tantrums, the oversensory, all these things. It's like, I deserve to not have to watch her when I'm 10. And I deserve to yeah. go play with my friends, but I couldn't for various yeah. reasons. But right. That's, and that's not fair to me. So now it's like, now I'm an actual adult of age, but I need, but I'm, but I'm doing things like I want to go color on the floor. Right. Because it's like, I didn't get to do yeah. that. And one that, of the, it's so funny you're saying that. Cause literally on the reel I made today, one of the other things yeah. I put on there was if you help them connect to their inner child, they will fall in love with you. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. So, really? um, yeah. and it's true because, you know, my, yeah. my boyfriend, I, I hang out yeah. with older people, but also because, you know, since I was younger, I didn't play with my friends after school. I, yeah. I didn't play with my friends after school. I actually went to therapy sessions or I didn't spend summer camps. I went to my sister's summer camps to help her. So like, I don't regret any of that, but there are still those, those childhood memories that like, Mm -hmm. as much as my parents worked so hard to still try to give me, I still missed out on being a kid. Like I missed out on acting like, acting out like you know yep, what I mean yep. because no, you, I, I, I exactly you know what want... you're talking about yes yes yeah. so as an adult like you don't act out because you've been taught not like yeah you you're just already don't an wanna... adult yeah if you do it then right. people think you're insane and you're like yeah it's stupid like well no right. like <laughs> right yeah like I yeah. so my you know my boyfriend I'm so grateful for him because he helps me connect to that inner child he's 14 years younger than me but I, we joke around all the time like the mentality just kind of meets somewhere in the middle at some, you know what I mean? Like with the yeah, age Oh difference. no, me, yeah, my husband, <laughs> but... we're, we're, no, we're eight years apart. And so when people, yeah. 
when people meet us, like when they don't know us, they all they think we're like the same age. So then yeah. once they once they learn how old one of us is, or they learn about the age, they're like everyone's always surprised, right? But he, yeah, he in the same way he helps me connect to like, yeah, yeah. like my inner child and just like to have fun and to laugh and make fun of yourself, and that's like. It's okay to just like be a kid, even though you're adult. He's just a big kid, really. Like, but I love it because yeah. that's just what that's what matters to me. Like that that that's it's such a big part of it that like I I didn't realize like the importance of it. I guess until like as like we're talking about, I'm like oh yeah, like that is it's a very big factor just in like how we communicate and like you know how you yeah. have life perspective, yeah. And, and that's why too, like, I'm so passionate about the home setting is because there's more than just the child with special needs. There's the parent as a couple, there's Mm -hmm. the sibling, there's other family members. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's funny because I think siblings are some of the most special people that I've ever met. Yes. Um, we've had a lot of struggle. We've had a lot, quote unquote, taken away from us. But we've also been given some of the best things that I don't feel other siblings get to have. Like, for siblings, I feel that we are given the best gifts. I went out of Mm -hmm. town. And it was our first big trip. My boyfriend, his two daughters, they are 17 and 12. And Angie. And I'm like, okay, this oh, is man. like our first yeah. big trip. Yeah, that's, that's, there's and... so many like, that's so exciting. <laughs> and also like, I'm like, my anxiety is also like, oh shoot. Like, <laughs> like I, yeah, both of those things. They're, they're great girls. They're great. But it's awesome. so funny because mm-hmm. I haven't observed sibling relationships in a really long time since high school, since okay. like my friends and their siblings. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And the little things that they bicker about, I'm like fascinated by. <laughs> I'm like, I just, we just never had that. Like the whole like. When I look at the girls and I see them bickering about something, I, it's fascinating to me because I say to myself, I've yeah. never had that. Or like the conversations <laughs> of, them, you know, the little one joking with the older one saying, oh, you know, your, your ex-boyfriend this or who you're dating this. And I'm like, I, I just never had that, you know, <laughs> like Andrew yeah. and just talking about Disney movies and art and, and all these things. So it was really funny to just kind of get that perspective again. But it made me realize that I value my relationship with my sister a lot more than most siblings do you know like a lot of siblings kind of take each other for granted where we don't you know yeah yeah yeah. like I feel that we're very proud of our older there's just it's a different dynamic and one's not you know necessarily better better than the other it's just very different um perspective well perspective sorry yeah that that, it's interesting because I remember like at some point it was probably a couple of years ago and I was talking to a friend and so she she's one of four I believe so she's okay. number two and so and then and they're they're all they're all like typical people and stuff like that and so but they're all grown and whatever but it was interesting okay. because she was like 
I was talking about siblings or something, and she she says to me, oh, you're really not missing a whole lot. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, like, imagine you fighting with your parents, except people that are your age. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and from that description, I'm like, that sounds pretty terrible. I mean, based on how she described yeah. it that way. I don't know if it's really like that for everybody. Right. It was kind of right. an interesting, like... Yeah, from her standpoint, I was like, oh, that's that's a different thing. But yeah, I was like, I can't even fight with Angela if I wanted to. Because like, yeah. and even I remember when we were little, I would I would try to get her to fight with me. Not that that was successful at all, because basically I just made her cry, but then I just made, but then I made me cry. So I'm like, okay, obviously that's backfiring. Like, that's not the way to do this yeah. at all. But yeah, right. we can't. We, like, can't fight. And not because we are incapable. It's just not... It's just not what you do. Like, it's, that's, that's, not, that's not how our relationship works at all. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things that... Um, I don't know. There's there's just so much we can go into the rabbit hole of. But I feel like as adults, we... There needs to be something. There needs to be advocacy around the topic of becoming an adult you know, potentially mm-hmm. becoming your sibling's caretaker yes. and how to relay that message to your partner. And, yes. you know, like in my situation, how do you relay that to your partner's current kids? You know, like oh, it's no not just you. you. Yeah. It's not just you that I have to look, look after. It's also my sister, you know? So there's, I think that there's a lot of opportunities for us to talk about this. There's a lot of opportunities for us to advocate about this. It's just awareness. And I think as, because autism and and special needs were very different when our siblings were diagnosed in the nineties as of today. Yes. Like it's very, very different. Um, And there's been a lot of advocacy, but a lot of it has been from parents and siblings are now emerging and they're saying, yes. hey, like, we have a voice too. Hey, we have a different perspective. And they're utilizing social media. Like, there's a lot of sibling accounts that I follow. That's more of, like, you know, sibling interactions, which is beautiful. But, like, we need, need as siblings to start thinking about advocacy from our perspective. Because that's how we're going to help the future generations not mm. go through the same things we did. Yeah, and it's, and it's so fascinating to me, like, as I've gone to meet more siblings, like, to be on this podcast, right? Because I will search through, like, social media in various forms, and I'll get, con- and then, you know, I'll meet X amount, and then they'll connect me to, like, their actual friends, which which is very helpful instead of me just perusing the internet forever. Like, so, so it's, it's been so interesting to, like, to meet other people who are trying to do the same thing. Because I feel like yeah. it's, it like, it's already lonely being a sibling and its own you know whole story with that but it's also this thing where like navigating this space also like it feels lonely too like yes like i've i've found other siblings and it's been great and like and i always feel good like when we talk and it's you know we're gonna be i probably like we're building like kind of more like life lifetime long relationships right because as siblings like the struggles are gonna be similar on some level but it still feels lonely because I feel like we're all fighting this fight, but, like, against such a large current of people who are, like, siblings should feel like this. And it's, right. like, it is so hard because for so many years, right, there have been people who are 
in support of siblings, whether they're parents or cousins or guardians, whatever, right? They, they have their own relationships with people with disabilities and the family members affected by it. But, like, it's so hard because it's, like, it, it's, like, the only people who can speak on behalf of siblings properly are siblings. And that's been, like, the struggle. Right. It's, like, I... And, it, and it's been this interesting thing with this podcast, right? Because... I understand parents listen to it and that's fine. Like, I don't, that's what, that's their choice, right? But it's, it's really like, I'm trying to just find other siblings because it's like, that is the, those are the people who matter, right? And I'm not saying parents don't matter, but it's like, siblings matter more than we all realize. And it's like, right, we're going to be the ones taking care of them when we get old, right? We're the ones who have been affected by like our parents' mental health and our siblings' disabilities at the same time, right? We're the ones having to have these hard conversations with our friends, our neighbors, the people, like, all the housing people, our significant others, right? Like, we're the ones who are going through all these pain points, and it's, like, we, people don't understand those pain points at all, because they're not us, right? And they don't need to be us, but, like, why, why are they trying to force other thoughts onto us where you should feel this way? Like, well, no, like, you don't understand this pain that I have, and you don't, like, you don't get it, and it's, it's so hard, and it's, yeah, and so I'm very grateful for everyone that's been able to, like, find the podcast, and some of them have messaged me, some of them haven't, but, but it, it's great just to know that, like, that it, it's, and it's so hard, because it's, like, it feels so lonely, but, like, it is a good thing, but it still feels lonely, but it's still a good thing, like, it's this, like, constant hamster yeah. wheel that I'm going through, because it's, like, it, it it's so hard <laughs> to do yeah. it. Yeah, well... And, and the thing is, too, um, siblings are probably some of the most, like I said, special people that I've ever met. We have a lot of, and I think you said it best, you know, I, I didn't expect my dad to leave. Like, yeah. I am still angry to this day that, like, you know, it, I have my mom with health issues that I don't, you know, publicize on social media. Mm-hmm. But I have that. I have my sister. I have the girls. I have yeah. my significant other. I have my career. Yeah. And sometimes I I feel like I'm a running chicken. But yes. at the same time, I'm like, my kick-ass autism sibling journey prepared me for this shit. Like, yeah. I, like I just, I, <laughs> exactly. I kind of feel strong and like a warrior. Yeah. Like, I can handle this shit. Like, this is nothing, you know? Like, <laughs> I've, held, I've dealt with tantrums in the middle of a mall. I can yep. do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> So there's a little bit and yeah. there's there's a lot of fire that we have with, within us. I, I yeah. literally have clients like my clients tell me all the time, like we get exhausted just looking at your social media because you do so much in a day. And I'm like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Like, yeah. that's why I can do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but also, you know, with with siblings, I think that there's I think there's a missing piece that parents don't realize all the time like I'll go on social media and Mm -hmm. I see a lot of parents like showcasing the special needs sibling but not the other siblings and I'm like that is that's not cool you know what I mean like and I don't think parents do it intentionally I I think they do it like I I told my boyfriend the other night um we were 
we were sitting um, outside. It was actually a meteor shower. We went to this like really cool Airbnb, watched the meteor shower. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah. And we were just like really having deep conversations. And I said, yeah. you know, I spent my life feeling like I wasn't seen. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, I spent my life yeah. only feeling seen when I'm in the shadow of my sister helping autism siblings, but nothing else. Like, yep. and I still feel that today. Like I'm 32, I'm, yep. I'm 31 and I'm not married yet. I don't have kids, yeah. but the only way I've be, I'm being seen is, you know, I, I feel like the advocacy I do in the autism community, like that's what people know me as. And yeah, that's, that's been my identity for a really long time. But some, but then some people say, Oh, you, maybe you have an identity problem. I'm like, no, you oh have an identity gosh. problem. I, yeah, that's, I'm, oh, that is, oh my God, I'm that's confident what they said. In, yeah. Oh, geez. And I'm like, I'm, I'm confident, like in what I do every day. Like I'm passionate about what I do every day. Yeah. It sucked growing up a little bit, not understanding, but like, you can either do two things with that. You can live in anger because of it, or you can live in advocacy. And I chose advocacy. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to blame my parents because at the end of the day, back in the 90s, our parents didn't have a playbook. Our parents didn't have people educating them about how to help the siblings understand autism. We yeah. still don't have that today. Yeah, we don't. So we as siblings. <laughs> it's better, know, we but can't... it's not. Yeah, it's better not, but not yeah. there. But it's still being taught by parents. And I'm like, this yes. is ridiculous. We need more siblings to step up and talk about this because – yeah, we can say all the time, like, oh, you know, parents aren't relatable. They're not, but they are the only ones trying. I don't, yeah. we need as siblings to, we as siblings need to put our foot down and say, hey, like, I'm willing to talk about this. I'm willing to advocate. I'm willing to take out my time and day to, to make this change because parents are going to keep doing it because that's the only ones actually trying <laughs> to do it, you know? Um, yeah. So I, it's like, I get it. And my parents would try to take me to sibling groups when I was younger. And they were like, okay, color your feelings. I'm like, really? Color my feelings? I, <laughs> exactly. I don't want, but it, I can't be mad at it because at least they're trying, you know, yeah. but I just didn't connect to it because they're not relatable. And, but it's not their fault that they're not relatable. It's yeah. our fault as siblings that we're not advocating as for it as much. We're telling inspirational stories, which is great, but like, are yeah. we actually digging in and and asking parents hard questions. Are we making them think harder thoughts? Are we making them aware of what siblings are actually going through? We're not, we're just expect, we're just expecting everyone to read our mind and read our emotions and hmm. it's not okay. So it's like, I love that you have your podcast. Cause I think that you talk to so many different siblings and you start understanding like, Hey, you know, this one felt this way at this age, or this hmm. one chose to go into this direction. And you have that great perspective, but now it's a matter of encouraging your, your hosts and your, and sorry, not your hosts, your guests. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you going to volunteer your time and talk? I'm, I'm talking about siblings twice this month. And even though I'm an autism home specialist, like mm -hmm. that's a hot topic right now for a good reason. So it's, it's going to be fun, but it's, and I, you know, it's funny too, Charlene is, as I'm preparing for this presentation, all those emotions and feelings are coming back. And I sometimes have to take an emotional break from working on the presentation. Yep. And I realize that there's a lot of things I haven't healed from. Yes. It's, I, <laughs> you know, yeah, I feel that. 
Like when I was watching the Barbie movie, I'm like, yeah, that one time my sister threw away my favorite Barbie doll. Like it yep. just brought oh, back no, memories yeah. and, like, I... ugly memories. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. There, there. Yeah. There's just stuff, and I'm like, oh great. Like you know, I'm just like, I'm just like, cat. I'm like watching a movie. Up. Nope. That's just. I'm just. Then I just end up crying, and I'm like, well, at least, at least I can cry now. There, that, I've spent so the the running joke from my husband and me used to be like, I didn't cry at anything or any movies or anything. But now I'm like, I do, and I'm like, this is great. Like it means that it's getting better, which is which is always good. But yeah. Like, yeah, just, like, li- yeah, living things in flashbacks is, like, it's so crazy because it's, like, those feelings and those flashbacks are so real. And I don't know They're if, real. like, I don't know if, like, regular siblings who, like, you know, where they're all typical, I don't know if they experience those types of things or not. I know, I feel like all all of us as special needs siblings all can understand that, right? Because... We'll just be having a conversation. We talk about a burger, and everyone can just immediately like snap back into the time when they're like their sibling, like having tantrum, like at a McDonald's or whatever, right? Like it's yeah, that it's such a different yeah, like it's such a different well, mental battle space or what I don't know what the word for it would be. There's there's a lot of um, and th- there's a lot of research with PTSD with parents and and possibly mm. siblings too. Yeah, but it's like those emotions can come back, but this is where we get into mental health, right? Like yes. mental health with our parents and and as siblings, and this is another thing I cover in the home specialist mm-hmm. side is what do you have in your home? What habits do you have to work on your mental health? Because oh, okay. every time I go into a Denny's, I would prefer well, not that I go into Denny's, but if I went into a Denny's, I would prefer not to think about the time that my Sister ruined my experience for getting red velvet pancakes. Exactly. Like, I would rather not. Yeah. (laughs) But it's an association that we need to work on, like, desensitizing, as we say in ABA, right? Mm -hmm. So there's just – there's a lot out there when it comes to research and studies and inspirational stories. But, like, my God, who is talking about the hard shit? Like, who is talking and who is advocating about, like, yeah, this happened, but, like, here's the light of it. You know, so it's not so much focusing on the tough times and the, you know, what we've been through. Yeah, it's our story and it's part of who we are. And and as much as it's been hard, it's going to be the best blessing that we have because it's turned us into who we are as human beings. Yeah. Or a sibling title, you know, like you're a special person and you... You might not realize it, but like when you're at work, you're probably one of the hardest workers in that room or you're really good <laughs> in working in teams because you've grown up uh, working in teams. Like, yeah, we don't give gratitude enough for the things that we're still angry about. Like we have to show yes. gratitude for that. And yeah. I journaled, I journaled last night for like 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm so angry that my dad left. Like I'm angry about this. But then I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm grateful that he left because I would have never opened up my heart or my mind to like caring for Angie in an adult world. I wouldn't, what I wouldn't be doing yeah. what I'm doing today if he didn't leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and, and it's, yeah, it's so hard and it, and it's, and it's a thing with time too. I think definitely like I've like, like, yeah, like just through time 
and perspective and like me moving away like me moving away was not something i had ever envisioned like growing up like with my sister and like just like what how we grew up and stuff but like even even in me moving i'm like you know like that space and the time that it's given me to be able to actually like reflect on stuff and go see my therapist and have time to like actually like evaluate attributes that I have or character things or things I can work on right like I, I I'm it's so much like better for like I've, I've had it's hard but like I've had it every day that comes by I'm like okay I can acknowledge that this was a bad thing at that time it's still hard for me to process but this good thing is coming out of it and it takes so much like intention on our part to be able to not just have the flashback and go like, oh crap, like, you know, I'm having this thing again. It's like, no, like, I'm going to make a different choice. And like, yes, I'm going to go to this place. And yes, I'm going to have these bad feelings. But you know, I can, I can make a different choice and I can choose to look at this in a different perspective instead of just falling back to my old habits of like, oh crap, that was shitty. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, you know, you have to ask yourself if, I took the identity of a special needs sibling out. Who would I be? And you would still be an incredible person because of your story, because those lessons have taught you something. You know, you can look at your habits, but we have learned habits from our parents of pure exhaustion. Like, yeah, (laughs) our our parents are fighters, but like, you know, my parents... My parents tried a lot of things with Angie growing up and there were days where we just stayed home all weekend because they were exhausted. And those are habits that, you know, I picked up in my early 20s and I'm like, I want to explore, I want to adventure, but it wasn't something that I was used to. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your lifestyle as a special needs sibling changes when you choose when you want it to change, not... Yeah. Not the life circumstance because, yes. yeah, there's only so much we can do if we don't drive ourselves, you know. Yeah. But if you want to understand autism more as a sibling or, you know, whatever your your sibling's diagnosis is, what are you doing to learn more about it? I guarantee you, you're not going to learn about it in a book. You're going to learn about it more <laughs> working with other people with that diagnosis, like Down syndrome, autism, or um, Prader-Willi syndrome, whatever the diagnosis is. Like involving yourself in the community is going to help you realize you're not alone. It's going to help you realize social media has been a huge game changer for Mm. connecting. Like how many siblings have you came across with social media? And if social media wasn't around, would you have connected to them? Oh, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Right. Me either. Me either. Unless it's networking like locally. You know. Yeah, but then but that's also, so, yeah, but that's so different. Like I've met people around the world who have been on this podcast. I'm like, I would have a hundred percent not met them were it not for the internet right. and social media. Just because you you are yeah, the proximity wouldn't have existed. Like you and me have like a higher chance of meeting just due to physical proximity, but even then that's it's still like circles of people and all these other it's things hard. that are involved. Yeah. But think about all the siblings that are coming up that are not on social media yet that will be. What type of content are we producing for them? Yeah. Like, what are we doing every day for the future generation of siblings? What are we doing today to connect? I don't I don't know of a sibling conference or a sibling retreat. I know a crap ton of parent ones. Yeah. Where's a sibling <laughs> retreat? Like, yeah. you know, it's there's so much opportunity in this space for siblings to 
one niche down on something. Like everybody tells me, you know, how do you niche down on autism and real estate and design? I'm like, because I'm a sibling, that's why. Like as a joke, honestly. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's given that you have so much personal credibility as a sibling already without going to yes. school, without yes. going to school. Yeah. You have so much credibility to teach, to advocate, and to inspire people. When you study something, like I know financial planners or I know therapists or I know, um, you know, just other different professions that because they're a sibling and because they're in that profession, they're like, we want to specialize in autism. We want to create a different experience because we have the personal experience and now we have the professional expertise. Like, yeah, there's a lot of beauty in this, but it's – and. A lot of the time, siblings will go into a profession and specialize in autism because it helps heal a lot of the parts of their story that nobody else did for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've met you know? a very large, yeah. I mean, we, we are also those people, but in slightly different, in, in different categories. But yes, a lot of the people yeah. I've met, we're all in that. Yeah, we're all in that because it's like it's. Yeah, because there's a healing that comes when you can go, this is my experience, you share it, but you're able to change that in other families and you can see that it's making a difference and that's, that is so rewarding and it's, like, it's not, yeah, I remember the first time I talked to a mom where, I had, like, I was, like, I was, like, part of, like, some panel and then there were questions and stuff and then so I said something and then we were talking and then I remember, like, my relationship with her and her family, like, it was it was so beautiful to like watch it change over time. Like there was just so many things I was like, wow, like, and like, you know, like I helped as part of that, right? Like I was part of that change that yeah. their family made. And it was, it was so amazing. Like it's one of, and it's one of the, and it was very like early on in my like discovery, I guess, of like realizing that I had the, like the power and the ability to be able to implement that kind of change. Like with, you know, like not being like a, you don't have like a master's or whatever. Like it didn't matter. Right. Cause I just, I can speak from my own life experience and that's very real and it's very like, it's personal and like it's, it's other people have that experience and it's like, you know, you, you can change it. Yeah. Like teaching, for example, you know, I'll tell families all the time. Um, you know, you, you, you said it right though. You said, um, you know, I had this really special connection to a mom and the mom's story is different from yours, but you, that mom might be trying to raise a special needs child and a sibling yeah. and you're helping with that dynamic. Like, yep. so you choosing to do a podcast is a voice for not just siblings, but for parents, for other siblings, for educators, for therapists. I mm-hmm. teach all the time to therapists, you know, why involving a special needs sibling in your session is so detrimental to their um, mm. sibling relationship. Because we shouldn't put everything on the parent. Like, if we think about it, I think us siblings can do better with um, giving our parents a little bit of grace and patience because they were learning as they were trying to raise us. And that's hard. Like, if you and I have a special needs child, like, we got this. Yeah, it's so different. (laughs) Yeah, we got this. We are not the people you need to be concerned about. (laughs) Right. But, like, our parents already have their own generational trauma. Our parents already have their own stories, their own backgrounds. And then you add a special needs child. So as hard as it is, and, you know, sometimes I feel like my buttons are a little bit pressed more than other days. 
Yes. We have to like step back and realize like our parents did the best they can. My boyfriend says this all the time. People do the best they can with the tools that they have. Yeah. And I truly believe that parents are trying to evolve and that generational story that I don't, that generational like struggle is going to be impacted with siblings because of learning through our parents, you know, like it's easy to be an observer and say, you know, you could have done this better, but unless you're in it, can you really judge it? You know what I mean? Like they're trying to judge a relationship and then having to juggle a special needs child along with a sibling, like us siblings, we didn't take that much attention because we didn't need it. We were very self-sufficient where our sibling needed more help. And we realized that as siblings, that's why we're the most selfless people I think in the world. And we understand sacrifice better than most people, but that's a gift that we have, you know? So I think parents are trying to do the best that they can. And when we have a parent be like, yeah, it's the same it's not coming from a place of anger, but it's coming from a place of like, you think it's the same, but I would appreciate it if you just understood my perspective a little bit better because it's just a different upbringing. Like there's a way we can advocate it. Right. Um, with that, but what you're doing with your podcast is connecting what you're doing with your podcast is educating and inspiring. And that's, what we need more of. I don't think there's enough special. I, it's funny cause I was trying to tag like special needs si- siblings accounts and there's not very many. Right. <laughs> yeah, not very I, many. yeah. I hope that there's more like as, yeah, as a podcast, like we, as it keeps going and I keep meeting like more of all of us, I hope, I hope there's more, but I know that you, you have to go soon. Um, but no, uh, you're good. Um, Oh, we're good. Okay. Yeah. We're good. Sure um, just, okay. But if you want to get into like the last, we can, or, or you can finish. Can yeah, okay. Either, yeah, I figured just, just, just in case. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess, um, no, yeah, we can. I mean, we can go on forever. Like, we should definitely just. Do, yeah. We should do another segment just about like generations for and sure. like struggle. Yeah, we for sure should do that because that. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see like just your thoughts because we, yeah, it's it's there's so much with it. But I guess for this episode, do you have any um, words of encouragement you would like to share with our fellow siblings listening out there? If the words of encouragement I would share to a sibling is that you have so much power within yourself, within your own story to become a miracle. And in my most recent TED talk, I gave this speech about how inspiration without action is just a feeling and inspiration with action is a miracle. Mm -hmm. And if siblings can take their story and inspire others, then they can create miracles in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it's, yeah, and it feel yeah, the power is real, and it's such a good feeling. And, like, it's, once you tap into it, there's, there's a lot to, yeah, there's a lot that we have to give to the world in such a positive way. It, it's going to be exciting that, it's going to be exciting once the more of us unlock it, that it's, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be really good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Charlene, for having me on. And I know we can talk hours and hours and days about so many different topics. But, you know, I just hope for anyone who's listening in your audience that they just tap into that power and use it because we need more siblings to step up and be advocates. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for being on.
Thanks, Charlene. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Special Needs Sibling Podcast. If you're new here, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more siblings and friends find us. You can also support the podcast by donating on Ko-fi. That's K-O-F-I. You can check out the link in the description for more info. If you're a special needs sibling, I hope you feel encouraged and validated in your journey. If you're not a sibling but know someone who is, I hope you learned a little bit more about what their life is like. That's all for now. And until next time, this is the Special Needs Sibling Podcast.